Guys, I'm rocking with a casual today, as you can see on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can see me wearing a uh, long sleeve shirt here. Uh, kind of warm because uh i know i said i was gonna stop giving y'all weather updates but it, it, this shirt's kind of warm it's kind of warm here in a freezing cold central illinois and uh, it, it kind of fits the vibe and the mood for pigskin frenzy here especially because how cold it is here on this chilly tuesday afternoon if you're listening on audio you are just picture me just vision me describing it and uh just go, just go with that. Just, it's cold here in Illinois, and uh, it's about 20 degrees. So, I mean, just take it as you will. Uh, of course, you're just trying to stay warm, and everybody around me, I hope everyone's else is trying to stay warm, and the weather is nice and comfortable for there for you guys as well. So with that being said, uh, kind of a weird introduction, but I just wanted to get that out there. Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Podbean, Apple, Amazon, you name it, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, all you have to do is just share around with others and follow on there as well. Now, we have X, Instagram, and Facebook. All you have to do is just type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow, like the pages there. You will get episode updates. You will get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You will get trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, also another big update here. Uh, the Pigskin Frenzy website has been launched. Big news. Uh, I didn't really post it on social media, but I thought I'd, uh, I'd, I thought I'd post it on social media later on, but uh, it was in the works for quite some time. We're going to do it on, he debuted here on this episode, episode 99 of Pigskin Frenzy, and it's crazy. Episode 99 of Pigskin Frenzy, the 100th episode of Pigskin Frenzy is out on Thursday. Cannot wait for it. We're 100 episodes in, and I just want to thank everybody again Again, for you know, making it this far to 100 episodes, along with the 3,000 listeners that we already have now, uh, hit our in-season goals. So I appreciate that, and I'm very thankful for everybody here uh, tuning in to Pigskin Frenzy each and every Tuesday and Thursday. But the Pigskin Frenzy website has been launched. Uh, it has a home and about me, uh, you know, a homepage, and a, you know, with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. It has an about me page about who I am and how I got my start here in sports media. We also have, you know, a platforms page, a platforms page where you can click on each button, a logo, and you can listen to whatever platform and follow and like and subscribe on all platforms to wherever you, you listen to Pigskin Frenzy on. Not only that, we have an affiliations page, which is coming soon. I'm going to announce that later, you know, later on in a future episode. And we have uh, a store which is going to be another big thing coming soon is pigskin frenzy merchandise. So I cannot wait for that. That's coming soon. The page is, you know, it's going to be kind of in development. It's published now. It's pigskinfrenzy.weebly.com for all the exciting info. 
Pigskin Frenzy website. There will be a store. There will be uh, more to come with the affiliations. Big things coming for Pigskin Frenzy. Just, to just stay tuned uh, to the show and keep plugging into Pigskin Frenzy. I'm excited about it. So now that we got the promotion out of the way, let's talk some college football. It is college football day today, and we're going to kick it off with one of our lists during the all seasons because why not? Because we create lists around here. We create Frenzy's top stuff around here and Heisman candidates, you, you name it. And yes, uh, but I'm just going to give you a heads up, you know, in a few months, we are going to do conference standing projections. Still, we are going to do conference standing projections. Still don't, you know, don't, don't tune out to that. We're going to get to that, but it's just not the time yet. It's not the time. Let's just be patient. It's still February. We're coming towards the end of February, which is insane because it's been a year since pigskin frenzy debuted a year of pigskin frenzy. So not only has it been 3000 listeners within a span of a year, a year of pigskin frenzy and a hundred episodes. So big thank you from where we've gone from last year to this year. It's exciting. It's exciting. I've developed, you guys, you guys have developed as, as listeners and as, as audience. And I appreciate that, uh, for just staying tuned for pigskin frenzy. But for now, episode 99, we're going to kick it off with our list. And one of our lists for the next few weeks is Pigskin Frenzy's top games of the 2023 season of college football. Guys, to go forward, to go forward to the 2024 season, we got to go backwards sometimes, right? Let's re- we got to recap some of these top games. And we can also end it with what to expect, you know, coming up in 2024 with some of the top games that could shape off in the playoff hunt. So that could be a future episode, but I think that'd be really, really cool to end it with uh, when we're done with all this list. Today, we're doing 50 through 41, starting the list through 50 through 41 in in rankings, in rankings. We're going to get all the way to number one. That will be in a few weeks for this to go down, but uh, just stay tuned to Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, like and subscribe on all platforms. Like each episode. Leave comments down below. Keep plugging in on Pigskin Frenzy because uh, I love you guys and I want you guys to keep staying the course with me. And I got, I just want, you know, as much listeners uh, to just to join in, to join in, you know, and to, to conversate about football because I want to build community with this. So uh, keep plugging in on all platforms on YouTube, Spotify, Podbean, Apple, you name it, and message me and leave comments down and leave comments on my social media pages uh, on X, Instagram, and Facebook, and leave comments on the brand new website on Pigskin Frenzy pigskinfrenzy.weebly.com leave comments and message me on there as well guys let's kick it off top games pigskin frenzy's top games of the 2023 college football season top 50 games of the 2023 college football season starting with number 50 here at pigskin frenzy you're gonna think are you serious you're gonna add uh, why is it at 50 and why are you even adding the game probably but let's just talk about it for a second number 50 Ole Miss at Georgia is number 50. Uh, And the final score of that game was 52-17. Georgia steamrolled Ole Miss in that game. You're putting it at 50. The hype and build around it should have been, it should have been higher ranking on the game, right? Yes. And you can you can argue that. You can argue because of the hype around the game. It could be a little bit higher. Here's why I have it at 50 at the 50 spot because the game wasn't close. <laughs> okay. The hype around it was good enough to add it to my top 50 games of the 2023 college football season. But the build around the game, the build around the game was awesome. 
Ole Miss, a solid football team. College game day was there. It was electric. Georgia, a, also a solid football team. If they wouldn't have lost to Alabama, they would have been in the playoff. And it was a, it was just a, it was a solid build. The game itself was not close. Georgia out-physicaled Ole Miss, and I said that. That was one of the keys I said when covering that game earlier in the season. I said back in November, back three months back three months ago, I said during the during in season of the 2023 season that Georgia and Ole Miss is going to come down to if Ole Miss could out-physical Georgia, and they couldn't, and I didn't believe that they could. I didn't think they were the most physical team. I didn't think physically they could handle Georgia. Uh, I didn't expect it to be that bad. I expected it to be not very, not really the closest of games, but I didn't expect it to be that bad. 52-17, to 17, Georgia steamroll. They couldn't have an answer for Kendall Milton. He was rushing all over the ground. Ole Miss at first brought the fight to him, though, in Athens. They brought the fight to him early on. And it was a close game. They brought the fight to him early on. Jackson Dart almost broke his collarbone in that game because of how physical that Georgia team was. Uh, I was worried about Jackson Dart, but Jackson Dart's a tough quarterback. He's a fighter. And Ole Miss showed how tough they were, but in the end, physically just couldn't level up with the Georgia Bulldogs. And that's okay. There's a lot of teams in college football still going into the 2024 season that cannot physically keep up with Georgia right now. If you see what Georgia's building and you see what they are doing right now, they are Alabama East, okay? They are Alabama out East. They are what... Kirby Smart stayed at Alabama longer than any of his, any, not really at Alabama, but he stayed with Nick Saban longer than any of his other assistants because he wanted to learn as much as he could from the greatest coach to ever walk the sideline, right? He took his, you know, he took his, Nick Saban's visions and a lot of his attributes and he applied it to his own coaching. He applied it to his own coaching credential, his own technique, if you will. And it created to what Georgia is today. And for Kirby Smart, it, it is now catapulted him to the being the best coach in college football right now. Nobody's better than Kirby Smart right now. When it comes to recruiting, when it comes to building a team, right now it's Kirby Smart's show. This game was one of the games that proved that. Ole Miss, a hot team coming into this game, coming off of wins against LSU, coming off of wins against a Texas A&M, uh, and getting some high-profile wins. They were a, This was a top-10 matchup. Georgia was one. Ole Miss was, or I think, oh, I'm sorry, Joel, oh, Georgia was two. Ole Miss was, was, I think, number nine, number eight. And it was a top-10 matchup. And... Georgia ended up steamrolling them. And I would say steamrolling them because of the physicality of, you know, Georgia. And also, this is not a knock at Ole Miss. Ole Miss was a solid football team this year. Ole Miss went all the way to the Peach Bowl and uh, physically beat Penn State. And, and they out-physical Penn State. So, physically, Ole Miss can out-physical teams, but Georgia is the most physical team in college football. And it's hard to line up against that. It really is. It's, there's some mismatches that could be presented, and it is hard to line up against Georgia correctly. That is why I picked Georgia to win that game. Georgia defeated Ole Miss 52-17, to and that is why I have them at the 50 spot. Let's go to number 49. And number 49 is an interesting one, and it's another Ole Miss game. 
It's week two of the college football season, September 9th. Ole Miss at Tulane. I thought this game was quite entertaining, honestly. Ole Miss defeated Tulane 37-20. to uh, Michael Pratt did not play, but Tulane's, but Tulane had an answer at backup, and Tulane not only brought it to Ole Miss at first, they were out-physicaling Ole Miss at first as well. They uh, not only mismatched them out you know, physically, but at the certain skill positions with speed and uh, especially on the ground, Tulane was delivering it to Ole Miss. They were, they were you know, firing at all cylinders against Ole Miss at home in this game. But then Ole Miss stepped up on defense. Jared Ivey played a, a fantastic game in New Orleans and the injury of Michael Pratt kind of got to him in the second half. Uh, Ole uh, Miss started scoring more points. Tulane really couldn't keep up with it, and the final score was 37-20. to uh, Tulane had a really good team this season. Uh, they made it to the conference championship against SMU. They lost, unfortunately, but they were, they were a solid team in the group of five in the American Conference. Tulane was a good team. Willie Fritz is a good coach, and they just – they just couldn't keep up with Ole Miss in the second half. Ole Miss delivered some knockout blows. Jackson Dart played really well in that game, along with Jordan Watkins and Trey Harris. They both played really good at receiver in this game. And I don't think Tulane's defense really, at first, Tulane's defense in the first half, you know, was keeping it close. But in the second half, I didn't think they had a really had a good answer for Jackson Dart and what he was doing with those two receivers, uh, Jordan Watkins and Trey Harris. So Ole Miss looked really, really good in that. And on the other side of the ball, like I said, Jared Ivey had a really fantastic game. If you want to give player of the game in that contest to anybody, it would probably be Jared Ivey because Jared Ivey played like I said, phenomenal in that in that football game. Ole Miss and Tulane. Ole Miss defeated Tulane 37-20 in New Orleans. And it was quite an interesting contest. I Normally, a game like this would have been in, in Oxford, but they had to go to New Orleans. It was a schedule to go to New Orleans. Uh, and it was a weird time, too, as well. Because when you look at one of the games in college football, it wasn't a very good game at all. But Alabama went to South Florida. They went to Tampa. They went to a group of five. So the, in this past off season, so or this past twenty twenty three season, so I think it was kind of quite interesting uh, to see some SEC schools go to these group of fives, and, and I just thought it was quite intriguing to see stuff like that. So uh, Ole Miss defeated Tulane thirty seven to twenty. Uh, good game by Ole Miss and a good first half by Tulane. They just could not keep up with Ole Miss to you know throughout the whole game. So, uh, number 48, and this is a good one, uh, number 48. And I, I am kind of interested with this one. Uh, Tennessee at Alabama is number 48 on, on Pigskin Frenzy's list of top 50 games of the 2023 season. You want to know why I had this game on there? I had this on game on there because of the build and the hype from last season's game going into this game. Um, I was kind of intrigued to see what Tennessee, how they would fare against Alabama and how this new style of play from both teams this season was going to fare against each other. So that is why I had Tennessee and Alabama at 48. Alabama defeated Tennessee 34-20. Uh, it was 
in Alabama, in Tuscaloosa, Joe Milton, uh, Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, a lot of these guys here on the ground. Uh, Tennessee was not that flashy. We're going to launch it with Hendon Hooker, Jalen Hyatt, uh, you know, Cedric Tillman, guys like that, right? It was more of a, you know, ground and pound with Jabari Small and Jalen Wright, play physical football up front, and it was not the Josh Heupel team that you're used to seeing. Different team, different style of play than it was, especially for Alabama. Bryce Young had just left. You got Jalen Milrow starting his first full season, and you look at how Alabama was playing. They were playing a lot of the same ball, physically, uh, physical up front, defense, you know, playing very physical defense up front and very physical defense over all around and running the ball uh, exceptionally well. And they were playing the same style of play. And the play, and the angle here for this game was who could do that better? Honestly, who could do that better? And it looked like Alabama did that better, all <laughs> right? And I had a feeling that Alabama was going to do that better. I think Tennessee a little bit played a little bit conservative in that game. And I say, uh, because they actually tried to launch do shots and launch and launch the ball out with Jalen Milrow. With Joe Milton, Tennessee really did not do that. They didn't really capitalize on a lot of the plays that they had to their disposal. Tennessee was was playing a really good game in the first half against Alabama. A really good game in the first half against Alabama. But the season and the theme for Alabama this year was second half team, right? Second half team for Alabama. And that was the theme for this year for college football for their season this year. Second half team. And they came out in the second half, first play of the second half, or one of the first plays in the second half, launched it as to launched it to Isaiah Bond, uh, who is now at Texas transfer wide receiver, uh, Alabama transfer wide receiver. Now at Texas, Isaiah Bond uh, is, uh, you know, he launched it. He launched, Jalen Miller launched it to him. And not only launched it to him, he he launched it, you know, with ease. Jalen Miller had a really good arm and a, a really good, you know, huge, like a, a canyon of an arm to Isaiah Bond for that first play. And that was just a downhill spiral. Then it started as a downhill spiral for Tennessee. Uh, they were playing a little bit more conservative. They were always, you know, they were always running the rock. And when I say running the rock, I mean, uh, that's all I really did was run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, pass it and punt. And it was just a little bit conservative for Tennessee. Uh, they The throws that they did make were kind of predictable. Alabama caught on to that, and Alabama did a heck of a job uh, in, in the third Saturday of October. Uh, I think it was a very heck of a, heck of a job by Alabama, a uh, good heck of a job by them. And uh, for Tennessee, they just played a little bit conservative in that contest. Everything was a little bit predictable on the ground, on defense, throwing the ball in the second half. In the first half, Tennessee was all over Alabama until the second half team of Alabama showed up and Alabama defeated them 34-20. to 20. Uh, This game's at 48. I thought the build was great of the game. I thought the hype around it to see what these two teams were going to do against each other this in this season was really the, the ticket for me to put this game as one of my top 50 games, but not too high because I think the second half 
was kind of worn down, especially when Alabama didn't make it even close play-wise. So I think 48 is a good spot for them. Tennessee and Alabama this year at 48. Last year, if you if you want to, if, if I would have started this show in 2022, uh, that Tennessee-Alabama game would have probably been at the top spot because of how electrifying Bryce Young and Hendon Hooker were just going at it. Uh, you know, the year prior. So 48 right now, Tennessee and Alabama, Alabama defeating Tennessee 34 to 20 in the third Saturday of October in 2023. Let's go to 47. And this is an interesting one because you guys are going to start thinking, oh, here we go. Of course, you're going to add them. I'm, I got to. Number 47, Colorado State of Colorado. You're going to think you're adding some Dion games in there. I am. And these games are probably, uh, I'm not done with Colorado. Maybe I'll be done with them next week. But, I mean, th- these games right here are just incredible. Uh, and, and, and and this one's incredible, too. 47. I stayed up late watching this one. Pat 12 after dark. Colorado State at Colorado. Colorado defeated Colorado State 43-35 to in double overtime. It was a back-and-forth game. A, 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 a back-and-forth game b- between Colorado State and Colorado. And you would think, okay, Colorado State's getting them because they were getting them at first. In the first half, Colorado State, they had them, right? They, they, Colorado State had them. And then Colorado State just, you know, Colorado just came back. Colorado just came back all of a sudden and you're seeing it and you're looking at it and you're like, oh man, like, oh man. Uh, I mean, you're looking at it, you're like, oh man, Colorado. As I'm looking over my notes here uh, of that game, it was it was impressive. It was impressive by both teams. Colorado State was giving them a challenge. It was a challenge where we were thinking, oh, let's pump the brakes on the hype around Colorado. But then Shadur Sanders, uh, Michael Harrison, tied in for Colorado, ended up scoring late touchdowns and ended up saying the hype is real around this Colorado Buffaloes team in Boulder. College game day was there for the first time in years. Coach Prime brought college game day to, to Boulder. Interesting dynamic for this game. Double overtime, back and forth. It was one of the best games of the year, in my opinion. The most underrated games of the year, in my opinion. Not the best, but one of the most underrated. And for Colorado, for Colorado, especially all game, really, they did not have an answer for Torrey Horton. A very underrated wide receiver prospect in the draft, for sure, for Colorado State. Torrey Horton was an animal in this game. He had 133 yards, a touchdown, 16 receptions. Uh, he also had a passing touchdown. A passing touchdown for 30 yards, Torrey Horton did. He was an, uh, quite the athlete in this double overtime game against the Buffaloes. Colorado just came back in the second half, or late in the second half to uh, bring this game into double overtime. They went back and forth and Jay Norville in, Co- in Colorado State ended up taking a close loss. Uh, Dion uh, got his respect. They both got respect for each other after that game. Uh, it was a little bit of a back and forth jab at each other, you know, throughout the week. But then they respected each other by the end of this game. And I thought it was a very good, very good showing between both teams. Uh, at first, Colorado State was all over, and I mean all over Colorado. I mean. Uh, they were running the ball well. They were throwing the ball well. Torrey Horton, they didn't have an answer for him at receiver. Uh, and it, it just clicked. It clicked for Coach Prime. Coach Prime, you know, gathered up the troops, rallied the troops up, and talked to him and said, hey, this is a game where we know we can win. We know we can beat them. And we know that, hey, you know, we can do this. 
right? We can do this in, the, in this game. And they did. They came back late. 43 to 35 was the final score in double overtime. A very, very interesting dynamic and in how that all played out late in the game. Colorado uh, was down and out, and they made the comeback. Shadur Sanders played a uh, not an overall great game, but it was well enough to get them to win in double overtime. So 43-35, Colorado defeated Colorado State. And that game, to me, to me, that game was number 47 of the top of the top 50 games for Pigskin Frenzy in 2023. Number 46, as we keep on going here, number 46, Oklahoma versus Arizona in the Alamo Bowl. So we got a bowl game here as as the top 20 as the top 50 games in the 2023 season. I like this game. Uh why didn't you not put it higher, Joel? Why did you not why did you not put this game higher? I didn't put it higher because of how the game really ended. So I'm picky when it judges these games. I'm really picky when it judges, when, when, when these games are, you know, judged, right? So uh, when you look at everything and when you see everything and how it's judged, uh, I think the ending is what got me to you know, make the made the assumption that Oklahoma and Arizona in the Alamo Bowl was forty six. I could have rated this game much higher because of the build and how even these two teams were going into this game. But at the end, Arizona defeated Oklahoma thirty eight twenty four. I think Oklahoma kind of ended it not the best, and Arizona just dominated them at the end of the game. So uh, when you look at it. Jackson Arnold playing his first game, tried his best. Arizona got six turnovers. That defense was electric. Uh, Jed Fish in his final game at Arizona uh, played a fantastic game on both sides of the ball. That defense, like I said, six turnovers against, o- against OU's offense. They found a way to slow them down, and they found a way to, you know, on the other side of the ball on offense to find a way to move the ball on them late and score points and make it to a point to where, hey, these, this team's not going to beat us in this game. The Alamo Bowl is our bowl game, and Arizona proved that. Arizona was hungry in this game. They proved that they were ready to rock and roll against OU, and, and, and it was a good statement win for Arizona because that was this is a future SEC team. Oklahoma is joining the SEC in 2020, this season in 2024. So uh, this was a statement win for Jed Fish and a statement win for Arizona. Uh, now we're going to see what o, o, uh, both teams do as OU transitions into the SEC. Arizona transitions into the Big 12. And now they have Brett Brennan. Brett Brennan, the former San Diego State head coach, is now the new head coach at Arizona after Jed Fish replaced Kalen DeBoer at Washington. So, um, you know, let's see what happens there. Back and forth contest. Jackson Arnold showed promise in this game of being a, an electrifying starter for the, o, for the for the Sooners in the SEC. So Jackson Arnold showed some promise at quarterback, but it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, he, he still made some freshman plays. He still made some freshman mistakes. That's okay. Give him a full season to develop and let's see where Jackson Arnold's at then. But uh, some of the six turnovers you can't blame because of some of the moves. You can blame him, but some of the moves that you can't blame because he's still not developed at the highest level yet. But give him a season, and he probably won't be making those many interceptions, making those many mistakes. So what it was a high-octane game. Uh, speed on both sides of the ball for both teams, and it was just an electrifying game. It was a back-and-forth game throughout until later in the fourth quarter. So Arizona defeated Oklahoma 38-24. to Arizona 
beats Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl, and that was number 46 on the top 50 games for pigskin frenzy. Let's go to number 45. Um, and this is an interesting one because now we're going back and forth with Colorado, USC, right? So number 45 is USC at Colorado. And USC defeated Colorado 48 to 41. This game was close. This game was, uh, it wasn't close during the first half and during the third quarter, but Colorado in the fourth quarter started marching on back, marching on back. And this is when everybody started having questions. I mean, we had questions last year, but even more questions now uh, throughout the whole season. And this is about USC's defense here. And this is where it came into fruition. USC did to win that game, but their defense started lacking late. And Colorado and Shadur Sanders started marching the comeback, started mounting a comeback at home against Caleb Williams and the Trojan offense. At first, it was complete domination. Caleb Williams, uh, Marshawn Lloyd, uh, Taj Washington, Brendan Rice, uh, Mario Williams, guys were just, all over the field, all over the field, scoring at ease against Colorado. And Dion didn't know what to do. I was watching the game, uh, both sides of the ball. I mean, I mean, not really say both sides of the ball, but on offense, US, USC's offense was all over their defense. They didn't have an answer for Caleb Williams, and they were just scoring at will. And when you, you know, keep going, USC's still scoring and still scoring, but it kind of takes a halt in the fourth quarter after they scored 48. It takes a halt because Colorado outscored them 14 to nothing and came back. They were down and they 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 lost the game by a touchdown because USC's defense could not stop Colorado from scoring. Colorado's defense found an answer late for USC's offense and they slowed them down a little bit. The key to beating USC is to completely I mean, I would say completely find a way to slow down their offense and get them and get some stops for their offense. And then their defense will help you win the game. Their de- you can't their defense can't stop anybody. So their defense is going to help you win. They're going to help you win. So it didn't it didn't help Colorado as much. Colorado's clock management at the end of the game was not the best. And I think the clock management for Colorado uh and the in the plays that they were calling late in the game were not the most ideal when you're trying to make try to tie the game up or you know try to tie the game up to you know bring it in overtime but the calls that they made were not the best late and that's how Colorado lost the game so Colorado lost the game kind of on their own if you want to look at it that way but but, but USC's defense was kind of struggling and Colorado could have won this game the build around the game was it was was good enough to be on this list because of the hype between Dion Caleb, Shadur Sanders, in Boulder. Let's see what Colorado is going to do against USC. It was kind of a hype game, but USC defeated Colorado 48-41, to and uh, it was a, it was an impressive performance by Caleb Williams, and he showed that he is one of the best quarter. He was one of the best quarterbacks in college football this season, even though he didn't win a whole lot of awards like he did in 2022. So number 44, uh, the first game of the year, Colorado at TCU. I mean, game day, I mean, when you look at it, Colorado, TCU. Uh, game day was not there. They were at North Carolina. But let me go on and tell you something. This game was hyped. They were all curious to see what Primetime was going to do, Coach Prime was going to do in his debut. What was Shadur Sanders going to do in his debut? What was Travis Hunter going to do in his in his Division One debut? He played both sides of the ball, wide receiver and cornerback. And when you look at it, you're like, oh, my goodness. This guy is an electrifying player. Travis Hunter is. Shadur Sanders, uh, he is a good player. He has some stuff to work on like a lot of quarterbacks do. 
but he's doing fine. He, I mean, he's doing okay. Colorado at TCU. Uh, a lot of people thought TCU was going to win this game, but TCU lost a lot after that national championship run they had against Georgia and that national championship loss they had against Georgia. TCU lost a lot. They lost a lot of players. And Colorado matched up with TCU. Uh, Trey Sanders was a solid transfer out of Alabama. Trey Sanders went to TCU. Solid running attack from him for the Horned Frogs. Uh, Back and forth game. In the end, Deion Sanders gets his first win of the season in the first game of the season as Colorado head coach. They defeated TCU 45-42 in one of the best games all year. And it was a very good start to the year. It was back and forth until the very end. And Shadur Sanders and Colorado held helped, you know, TCU get the win. Their defense was stifling in that game. Colorado's defense played a really good defensive showing against TCU. Uh, you know, some crucial some crucial mistakes on TCU's part helped Colorado get the win. And it was just a hype game all around. Seeing what Dion was going to do in his first game against as Colorado's coach against TCU, it was interesting. And the intrigue behind it was very, very interesting. So, it was one of those things where you wanted to see it. So number 44, Colorado at TCU, where Colorado defeated TCU 45-42. That was number 44 on Pigskin Frenzy's list of top 50 games of the 2023 season. Three more games, and we will conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. Number 43, you're going to think, well, are you serious? This is an interesting one. You have this one higher ranked than others? Because it was back and forth. You're going to just probably, a lot of you guys are going to disagree with me on this one. But USC and Cal is number forty-two, number forty-three, and USC at Cal, where USC defeated Cal fifty to forty-nine. So it was fifty to forty-three, and it could have been a tie ball game. 50-43, uh, and what was quite interesting about this was Cal in the first half was dominating USC. USC was struggling against Cal. This is when Cal was, this is when USC was kind of struggling later part of the season. So USC was struggling against Cal, and they went into halftime, and then all of a sudden the rest said, hey, it's still the second quarter. You're like, what do you mean it's still the second quarter? Uh, that game was a very interesting game because of the uh, 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 protest before the game started. Um, you know, the, the field goal that happened after the halftime, after the halftime, you know, break. And you look, you're like, you're thinking that we're in the second quarter still after halftime. Kicked a, a field goal. USC had to kick a field goal in the second quarter. And then they just switched to the third quarter and they kicked off. It was interesting. It was very interesting how that played out. And it was, you know, uh, something broke down in the game to where uh, after halftime field goal, still in the second, second quarter after a half to, after a long halftime break, happened. So it was, it was something that the refs discussed. Very interesting game. But uh, back and forth throughout the whole game, not just the first half, the whole game. And USC started to come back a little bit. Uh, they started to come back a little bit. But Cal was still in it. Cal kept going. Justin Wilcox kept going at Cal. They kept fighting. Uh, Cal is now a member of the ACC. Uh, USC is now a member of the Big Ten. So these were probably their last time playing against each other for a little bit. But when you look and look at the game, Cal could have won that game. They could have won that game. And not only that, they could have been smart about it. They could have gone into overtime. USC caught the lead back up late because USC started making a march of the comeback. But Cal was staying in it. Uh, Cal at a touchdown drive 
last last touchdown drive. It was 50 to 49. Uh, I was watching it and I saw it. Or, and Justin Wilcox was pointing at the two. So let's go for two. I said, no, don't go for two. Go for the field goal. What are you doing? Go for the field goal. Did he go for the field goal? No, he went for two, and they missed it. They missed the two-point conversion, and they lost by a point. 50-49, to 49, USC defeated Cal. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I was yelling at the TV saying, why are you not going for two? You had a shot to go against USC, who was still ranked at the time, and beat them, you know, beat them, top 25 team, and beat them, and make it 50 or in overtime, make it 50 to 50 in overtime. But you fail on the two point and the game ended 50 to 49. They got off, they, they missed the onside kick. USC won. It was an overall weird game. And I think that's why I put it at 43 because it was back and forth. Protests happened at the start of the game. The after halftime, second quarter field goal, whatever that was, it made for an interesting game. And I think that's why USC at Cal was 43 on my list because of how interesting and how weird the game it was and how close and back and forth that game was. Uh, number 42 and number 41. Let's go with 42 first before we go to 41, and then we'll conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy. 42 for Pigskin Frenzy's top games, guys. 42. Pigskin for Pigskin Frenzy's games. USC at Notre Dame. And you're going to think, what? What are you doing? Number 42? Yeah, number 42. I think the build was good. The build was good to the point where, okay, I don't have a lot of, and I was I was one of them. I picked USC to beat Notre Dame. But a lot of people were saying, ain't no way USC is going to beat Notre Dame. I think you at Notre Dame is going to win this game. And not only win this game, they're going to win them. They're going to out-physical them and beat them badly. A lot of those people that picked Notre Dame and saying that Notre Dame was going to win were right. They didn't think USC had a shot in this game because of how USC's defense was and how USC as a whole was heading in and in the direction they were heading in this season. USC was dominated this game. Notre Dame defeated USC 48-20, to um, and it was a stellar performance by Notre Dame's defense. Three three to four turnovers for that defense. Caleb Williams threw about three interceptions, had a fumble. Caleb Williams, uh, we've never seen Caleb Williams play like that before, and he did. This is his, one of his first bad games he's ever played in college football. It was one of the worst games he's played as a, as a quarterback. And when you looked, when, you, when everyone was seeing it, they were thinking, wow, I thought USC was going to Come better, come, you know, be better on that on the offensive side of things. But Notre Dame's defense played a really, really tough game and was stifling to USC's defense. They beat them up front, and you, with USC's defense the way it was, Audric Estime, Sam Hartman, a lot of them, they, they that duo just they couldn't be stopped. Again, you know, they couldn't be stopped, and USC's defense couldn't stop Notre Dame. I thought the build was really good behind it. I uh, I thought the you know. The game itself was entertaining at first, but Notre Dame showed why they were a pretty solid football team this season. Marcus Freeman got a heck of a win against USC and Caleb Williams. Some revenge from the 2022 season where Caleb Williams and USC defeated Notre Dame you know, in Los Angeles. So 42 USC at Notre Dame. Notre Dame defeated USC 48 to 20. 41, finally, number 41. Uh, and this is it. 
you know, for you know, for fifty through forty-one, and we'll and we'll conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy and, and pick back up next Tuesday. But fifty through forty-one, uh, fifty through forty-one. Here's forty-one. Forty-one. Notre Dame at Duke. The game was closer than a lot of people realized. It was closer than a lot of people realized. Uh, Notre Dame went into Durham. They defeated Duke twenty-one to fourteen. Riley Leonard played a heck of he he played with some so much heart in that game. He got hurt and and sprained his ankle late in the game. Had a high ankle sprain later, it, late in the game. Sam Hartman showed the uh, amount uh, the most amount of class that he has uh, he has shown. And by going over there to check on Riley Leonard to see if he was okay after the game. Very classy move by, by quarterback Sam Hartman, who's in the draft this season. Riley Leonard is now transferred to the team that he lost to that game in Notre Dame. So he transferred from Duke to Notre Dame, and he is now at Notre Dame and will start for Notre Dame in the 2024 season. But Notre Dame uh, just out physical Duke up front, and uh, Audric Estime scored a late touch, uh, scored a touchdown late. Uh, Against Duke, unbelievable game. Honestly, unbelievable game uh, against them. Notre Dame and Duke was back and forth. Very back and forth up at, at first. Duke showed a lot of heart and a lot of toughness. But in the end, Notre Dame just out physical Duke. And the hype around it was pretty good because Duke was undefeated. Duke was undefeated going into that game. And it was their first 5-0 and start in since the 80s. And it was... Pretty impressive in football for sure. Notre Dame uh, had a good record going into that game. A one loss, you know, only one loss for Notre Dame. And uh, for Duke, they were undefeated. But Notre Dame got the best of Duke and uh, out-physicaled them 21-14. to And this game was number 41 because of the hype around it early on. So number 41, Notre Dame at Duke. That was 50 through 41 of the Pigskin Frenzy top 50 games of the college football 2023 season. We will be back next Tuesday with 40 through 31, 40 through 31 next Tuesday of Pigskin Frenzy for college football day. And we are out of time. A big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, all you have to do is just share around with others and follow on there as well. X, Instagram, and Facebook, all you have to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow, like the pages there. You will get episode updates. You will get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You will get uh, trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's college football question on Instagram as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. And don't forget to check out the new Pigskin Frenzy website, uh, www.pigskinfrenzy.weebly.com. Calm. Guys, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday. And again, we will be back Thursday for the 100th episode. I cannot believe I'm even saying that. The 100th episode of Pigskin Frenzy Thursday. We are going to do, for, in honor of the 100th episode of Pigskin Frenzy, a 2023 NFL postseason Q&A as we look towards what happened in the 2023 season, answer questions about that, and as we answer questions towards the future season of 2024 NFL uh, springing off of the 2023 season. So uh, 2023 NFL postseason Q&A, episode 100. You're not going to want to miss it. 
Thursday on Pigskin Frenzy. We will be back next Tuesday as well for 40 through 31 of Pigskin Frenzy's top 50 games of the College Football 2023 season. Until Thursday, I'm Joel Norris signing off. I hope everyone has a great rest of their Tuesday. And for everybody out there, please and always stay the course.